volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. Welcome to the final episode of season four of Sal Sylvester on the future of leadership. I am Sal Sylvester, your host and founder and CEO of 512 Solutions, an executive coaching and leadership development firm based here in Boulder, Colorado, helping leaders create healthy, aligned, and more human workplaces. I'm thrilled to have you join us today. It's hard to believe that this is our final episode of season four. It's been a really insightful season as organizations wrestle with back to office and future of work challenges in a world that has changed so much in just two years with COVID. Today, we come to you with a very different format than what we've been doing all season. And I think you're gonna like it. We did this at the end of season one, two, and three. If you've been listening, you know that this podcast is all about the future. And most of our episodes have been interviews with fabulous guests. What you may not know is that I asked each guest a bonus question in a separate recording that wasn't originally released in each episode. Today, you'll hear from all nine of our guests from season four and their responses to the bonus questions I asked. Before we jump in, a few important notes. My hometown of Louisville, Colorado, along with our neighboring town of Superior, Colorado, was ravaged by a fire event that destroyed almost 1,000 homes on December 30th and December 31st. My family and I are safe and we're among the lucky ones who upon return from evacuation, we found our home intact and untouched, thankfully. We're feeling a tremendous amount of gratitude. We're also feeling maybe even more grief for our community members who are less fortunate. I know that my firm and I will contribute in some meaningful way to helping our community rebuild. I just don't know how we're going to do that yet. There's a lot of amazing people and organizations that are collecting food and clothing and resources for people that are immediately impacted. I also know that long-term there's gonna be some, some other needs that we might be able to better support. So in the meantime, I wanna thank so many of you who reached out to share your support and to acknowledge my friends, my colleagues, community members, both in Louisville and Superior and Boulder, that our prayers and thoughts are with you. And if you want to and you're able to contribute, coloradogives.org and sistercarmen.org are organizations that we're supporting that are also supporting people here in Boulder, Louisville and Superior who have been impacted by the fire. A second note I want to share with you, and I'm a bit reluctant to do so given the fires and the disaster here in my hometown, but I'm going to share the news with you because I think there may be an opportunity for us to help my hometown through this effort. Again, I'm just not sure how yet. I'm thrilled to let you know that my next book, The Deeply Human Workplace, is being released in mid-February. The topic of 
bringing our whole selves to work and bringing our humanity into the workplace is something I've been focused on for the last three years. And it's a theme that consistently came out in our interviews throughout all of season four. And in a time when people's perspectives and priorities have changed and organizations are facing an enormous amount of uncertainty and attrition, I believe it's more important than ever to embrace our humanity. So thanks for that little commercial. And we'll share more information about the official book launch as the date progresses. You can expect that sometime around February 14th or 15th. Okay, let's jump into our bonus questions with season four interviewees now. Our first guest this season was Rochelle Luther, Chief Human Resources Officer at Columbia Sportswear. Rochelle, when you think about the future of work, what will leaders need to do more of, less of, or differently to be successful? Well, definitely leaders need to lead with empathy, and they need to understand their teams more holistically. And that's definitely going to be a challenge to really upskill our managers to understand how to strike that right balance to create a sense of belonging, a personal connection with their employees, of course, staying in an appropriate zone to make sure that they're creating a a sense of belonging with those employees so that the employees are feeling safe to bring their whole self to work and that they're going to need to lead conversations with their teams on how to establish boundaries and how from a human-centered design perspective, we can work together or be more productive together to both continue to meet our productivity objectives, but also meet our individual needs in terms of when we perform work, how we perform work, where we perform work, whatever our common objectives. I think it's going to get more and more challenging for the managers to manage the complexity of dispersed teams and how to keep the intangible sense of culture together. So there's the strength of a manager has never been more important than the period that we're about to go into. So definitely some investment in strength of managing teams will be important as we go forward. Next up was Sudakshina Ghosh, Vice President of Human Resources for Global Operations, Finance, and Strategy at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Sudakshina, what will leaders need to do more of, less of, or differently to be successful in the future of work? Yeah, I think the key for leadership is having that growth mindset and agility as we approach this whole new way of work. Future of work is all about, I think, a little bit of that experimentation. Like we might have our value statements and philosophical direction around where companies and corporations want to go. But I think the reality is that we will learn a lot as we go through the next couple of months. So really keeping communication channels open with employees, not having, and that's why I call it the growth mindset, not having a fixed mindset as to this is going to work or this is not going to happen, but really experiment and have that engagement back and forth as we modify our approaches. And then the other element would be really about thinking about how do we continue to engage, retain talent in this and continue to build culture, because there is also a parallel war of talent going on. 
And it would be very fascinating to see how leadership style needs to flex to actually engage people in this new environment. So that, I think, would be the two things that I would call out. Mary Hassett was also a guest this season. She's the Chief Human Resources Officer at LAM Research. Mary, a bonus question for you. What will leaders need to do more of, less of, or differently to be successful in the future of work? Certainly in terms of what they need to do more of, they need to listen more, they need to care more, they need to understand their employees more. I was reading an interesting article even just at lunchtime today talking about a lady who had young kids and stayed up all night. And it was talking about, it's not okay anymore to just casually ask, how was your weekend and move on as if you don't care. And that question is often, you know, asked on a Monday morning, but truly caring about your employees and what they're dealing with and working with them then, particularly around the flexibility that's needed. And there are many people dealing with many situations, whether it's childcare, elder care, whatever it might be, flexibility is key. And I think for managers to understand every single employee in their team and what they're dealing with and what they need in terms of flexibility to be successful, I think will be really important. So empathy is going to be absolutely key. Listening is going to be key. Connecting with your employees and getting to know them at a deeper level, I think will be really important. And the other one for me is inclusive leadership, really making sure every single employee in your organization, in your team, feels like they can bring themselves to work every day. So whatever their background or experience, wherever they're coming from, that they truly feel included as part of the team. And I think that's going to become even more important now when we have dispersed teams, more flexibility in the same meetings, people on teams and people in the office. So I think more than ever, we're going to have to really make an effort to make sure we're including people. Allison Meadows, the Chief People Officer at Evolve Vacation Rental, joined us as well. So a bonus question for you, Allison. What will leaders need to do more of, less of, or differently to be successful in the future of work? Great question, Sal. I think leaders are going to need to do more of asking really great questions to their teammates, digging a little bit deeper to figure out how the whole person is doing at work. Many times we only see the interaction over Zoom for 30 minutes a day, and there's a lot going on both professionally and personally in a teammate's life. And leaders need to show up with inquisitiveness around how an individual's doing to make sure that both they're performing at a great level, but also showing up to work at a great level as well. So ask inquisitive questions, don't make assumptions, keep that door open for that partnership between leader and teammate moving forward as individuals transition into a new way of working. Here's Sandy Cedar, the assistant city manager at the city of Longmont in Colorado. So Sandy, how has your personal thinking changed about the future of work as a result of everything we've been through with COVID? You know, I think for me, being open to new ideas, really listening to my team around the things that they would like to see in the world. And then at the same time, part of it comes back to, for me, just making sure that I'm caring about them, caring about our customers and their experience. And if I'm listening to them and I respect the work that they do and the needs of the customers, you know, I think we'll find our way. I think it'll be a little easier than we're all thinking it will be. 
Sheila Murti, the Executive Vice President of People and Culture, joined us from Tillamook Creamery. So Sheila, as you think about the future of work, what will leaders need to do more of, less of, or differently to be successful? Yeah, so I think the role of a leader has never been more challenging than it is today. You looked at to build confidence in your people, to minimize anxiety, and to show them what direction you're going in, all in the midst of things that are very ambiguous and constantly changing. So I think for leaders, you know, some of the basics are still there, you know, connect with people, be curious about them, show them that you genuinely care. But I think what's really important is that we have have to learn how to just be able to pivot more rapidly, not get too hung up on what we've planned for, and to be able to find your footing in an environment that's constantly shaky and moving. And ask yourself, what is it that I use to anchor? Where do I find my sure footing? Is it in your values? Is it in the trust you built on your te- with your teams? What is it? And I think as leaders, it's really important to build in some self-reflection time. Many of us don't do this. I have to remind myself how to do this, but you have to build a little bit of time to think about things and to give yourself space so that you can show up the way that you need to show up for your people. So leading, you know, that allows you to lead with grace. And I always say this, what that means is prioritize connection over correction, right? Think about how you do that. How do you prioritize connection with your people. It could be a quick conversation at the beginning. It could be you remembering something that's important in their lives. It could be just saying, hey, before we kick off today, I really want to know, how have you been? Because I've been really you know, anxious during this time. So showing vulnerability as a leader is a good thing. And then I think as we have people both in hybrid and real environments, walk the real and the virtual floor. Right. So that can happen many different ways. You can actually have drop in office hours virtually. There are tools that you can do that. So those are things. And the other thing I would say is communicate often and especially communicate when things are uncertain and you don't have the answers. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but that is when people need to hear from their leaders the most. And so when you communicate, you can tell them what you don't know and you can tell them, here's what I do know. And I think that helps alleviate anxiety and allows people to not be as distracted and focus on what way you're, you know, you're telling them to go. Here's CEO, investor, and board member, Kermit Randa. So Kermit, as you think about the future of work, from your point of view, what will leaders have to do more of, less of, or differently to be successful? That's a big, big question. And I think that if we step back on a broad scale, I think all leaders need to really step back and understand the full, and I, and I mean full customer journey. It's painstaking work, and it's even harder when you try to understand it by market segment. So whether you're B2B, B2C, or really, I think now everything is B2B to C, how we are, how we interact, and how we buy are all different right now from where it was even 18 months ago. And I think it'll probably be different a year from now. So if we don't dig into that new client journey and make that a priority from the CEO from the very top down, I don't think it's going to get the real attention it needs. And I think it's critical to understand the future of what work we do and then how that work needs to be done going forward. So Sally asked, what does that mean in the future of work? I think you have to do that work to actually then understand where you can design roles and 
recruit and retain the folks that can best serve our clients. And if you don't do that work first, then I think you're missing the big part of what makes companies more competitive, but also provide that spark for employees to invest their energy and time into organizations as they go through ups and downs, and maybe not immediately just look for the greener side of the fence. So I think it's really important. We want to take care of our employees. We want to get them the right way to work. But I think that everything has changed about how everybody's worked. So you have to understand how the customers are doing their thing so that we can understand by segment how we can best be doing our thing. And then the employees can really start to resonate with and attach onto the work and the way we're doing the work, because that's where the excitement is for them. And that's the most important part. Etienne Bauer, Director of Human Resources at E&J Gallo, joined us this season as well. Etienne, bonus question for you. What will leaders need to do more of, less of, or differently in the future of work? Thank you, so. Once again, this is not something I came up with, but I firmly believe that there's a distinction and we need to think that way as leaders in the, in the workplace, that we lead people and we manage work. I think sometimes we approach people like we approach work. We wanna manage them and that doesn't work. So let's lead our people and manage their work and understand which is which and what does it look like when we do one or the other. Now, if we then focus on leading, which is the people component for a moment, and you ask me, how do we need to lead differently in terms of doing more or less or different? I would summarize it as follows in my opinion. One, what do we need to do more of? We need to listen more with the intent to understand. We need to ask more questions than we've ever done before. We need to provide more frequent feedback. And very importantly, we need to celebrate wins. We are arguably not always very good at that. Hmm. And we need to recognize people's contributions in a meaningful way. I think we also need to do more work on prioritizing work so that there's a sense of direction and purpose and that people don't feel overwhelmed with everything that's going on and the loss of control or the perception that they are losing control. We need to drive more inclusivity and participation in a world where people work very differently and in different spaces at the same time geographically. We need to be approachable, be there, be present, be in the moment. And then lastly, what do we do more of? Ask for help. It's okay for leaders to ask for help. Admit that we don't have all the answers and that we all have our insecurities and our vulnerabilities and actively seek feedback and input from our team members. Sal, so what do we need to do less? Think or act as if we have all the answers. Leaders are not supposed to have all the answers. Yeah, right. And thinking that we do is bluffing ourselves. Let's be honest that we don't have all the answers and stop acting as if we do. Stop to micromanage people because you manage their work, but micromanaging people very often does not work. Empower them, give them clear direction, and support them to be successful and create that work environment. Manage the individual's work performance, but also the team. We just spoke about it you know, earlier today. It's not only focusing on one or the other. We need to look at the individuals and the team as a whole when we manage work and lead people. And then very importantly, let's be better at managing change by not only focusing on data, 
I think very often we think we're going to convince people that the change is a good thing by throwing numbers and data and so forth at them. People have never responded to that when we talk about change. Let's acknowledge that people feel a certain way when we talk about change and let's acknowledge the, how they feel and approach it from that perspective. What do we need to do differently? Well, once again, if we talk about leaders creating the culture and the culture drives performance, then I would beg to say that what we need to do differently in that regard is to, one, let's acknowledge that a healthy, strong culture has not necessarily changed in the last two years in terms of what that looks like and what it means, you know, which typically would be a sense of ownership, innovation, continuous improvement, teamwork. But what is different, in my opinion, is how we create that culture. The shift in the paradigm that driving culture, creating culture, and sustaining culture, we can't keep on doing it the way we have in the past. So the what is maybe the same, but how we do it has significantly changed. So. Thank you for joining me today and during season four. Please take a moment to provide a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in. That always helps. So thank you in advance for that. We'll be back with season five this spring with more amazing people and more amazing content. And we have a ton of resources on our website to help you transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders that are prepared for the future of work. Check out our website at 512solutions.com. Thanks, and I'm looking forward to reconnecting again soon. I'm out.